Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Tim Spaulding as we get Lost in Spaces, taking a look at the Golden Man episode of the Lost in Space TV show and then from the 1998 film we consider the blarp. We're on our way to the battle Hello, Tim. Hello. Good. Yeah, it is still morning over there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just about to turn 11 a.m. Good morning to you. Good morning. Right, here we go. Lost in space. Uh, my first question for you today, you're quite a bit younger than me, I think, so I'm, I'm interested to to find out just how you came across Irwin Allen shows. Are you, are you very knowledgeable on them or what? No, I'm not super knowledgeable. Um, when it comes to the TV version of Lost in Space, I know that I've I've seen a bunch of episodes over the years. It's not it's not it wasn't like a go to show, but it would it would be on TV from time to time. So you know you'd sit and watch it. It was here here in America, especially on the the smaller broadcast channels. That I guess in the 70s, 60s, 70s, I would have called them the UHF channels. Um, but you would, you, they, uh, in the morning, like Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings, you would see Lost in Space. So mm-hmm. I've seen a few episodes over the years, uh, but it was never uh, like a go-to show for me growing right. up. Gotcha. Um, it was very important to me, um, um, it, a very important show. Um, it was important to me in my development of my Fondness, fondness, I think, of science fiction, um, because my first encounters with science fiction were the Jerry Anderson shows, um, mm-hmm. Thunderbirds and Stingray and Captain Scarlet, and then the Irwin Allen shows came out after that. I'm talking about when would this have been? This would have been about 67, 68, 69, somewhere around there, and they were on all the time, uh, about about four o'clock in the afternoon. So you mm-hmm. go home from school. Um, and watch these and it was lost in space and voyage to the bottom of the sea out of all yeah. these shows that I, I really like because you had a pretty much had a monster in them each week you know yeah um, and uh, so yeah that I think that's where my fascination with monsters and science fiction really started so I actually owe this show and Irwin Allen an awful lot mm. of um, uh, um, you know thanks for getting me down the path that I've gone down to because all the other things, you know, the Star Treks and the Doctor Whos, they all came for me in like the early 70s. So, yeah, Erwin Allen, much respect. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I remember looking looking back on it, I, I can remember loving Lost in Space, absolutely loving it. But like the Batman TV show that came out around about the same time, um, I remember it being quite high drama and you look at it now and it's like, oh my goodness, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, the, uh, the, the acting. Well, and also I, I guess that has to do with your age also, but yeah, the acting is, is on a different, <laughs> definitely a different level. I mean, it's called uh, camp. I mean, very often, yeah. they, especially Jonathan Harris, you know, as, uh, you know, Dr. Smith, he is very campy. Unlike the Batman TV show, I think the Batman TV show, the genius of the Batman TV show was uh, it was played straight. OK, mm-hmm. absolutely straight. And so the kids watched it and that and I watched it as a kid. And it's like, this is very serious. And, you know, it's a comic book come to life. You watch it as an adult and you can see all the sly nods and winks that there are. This, however, <laughs> um, the thing is with Lost in Space as well, I mean, this episode we're going to talk about today is from the second season. The first season was in black and white. And it and if you yeah. watch them now, they are, are really quite serious. Um, yes, you did have, you know, monsters in it from time to time and, you know, aliens and stuff. But it, it was really quite serious. And I think what happened in the interim between 
season one and season two, Batman had come out and it was huge and it was massive. And I guess Erwin Allen said, well, we'll have some of that. So the second season was in color and they tried just emulating it in, in tone and color, you know? Yeah, it's, it is. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I, since I've watched lots of space and I was, I was actually taken aback by like the bright, like oranges and yellows and mm. in the in the outfits but that's what i like about it i i i've got them on dvd and it's because i have got this nostalgia side of it but i do i like the i like the fact that the 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 background is just a painted backdrop of some yeah. mountains you know like you say the funky clothing i like all the plastic <laughs> plants and everything unlike you know the batman tv show which is really a family show you look at lost in space now and it's a children's show yeah you know it, it, it's not that far off from hr puff and stuff did, did you ever <laughs> see hr puff and stuff uh, i i i know of it uh yeah the the who's who's uh, who are Jack, the producers you, of that oh it's the not hanna barbera um they i think um, they did land of the lost and yeah oh stuff. shoot what is oh my gosh oh i've forgotten okay. it now and it's a big <laughs> logo the sea monster on it. You yeah. know what's you know what's funny not not, not to go off on a uh, a tangent, uh, but the, the 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 people who did HR Puff and stuff and uh, the Cinemarty Croft. That's it. That's the one. They uh, they built a um, an amusement park okay. here in Atlanta, and it was only open for one year, and it was an indoor amusement park, right. and it was it was in this gigantic building in downtown Atlanta, and that is the building that. CNN is in. All right. So if you if you go on if you go online, type up like uh, Cinemarty Croft Amusement Park. You can see some photos from it. There aren't there aren't many photos because they didn't allow people to bring cameras into the into their amusement park thing. All right. So there's not many pictures available. But when you when you go into the CNN building in Atlanta, the there they have this gigantic <laughs> el- escalator that goes up like 500 feet. And right. that's that's still there. That's still like the hallmark of the building. But that was that was what people would go up to go into the the Cinemarty Croft thing. Oh, I'm gonna have to look up so, that. Oh, yeah, it, it, it's it's really it's 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 really has kind of an interesting history. But yeah, not to go off on a tangent, but I just want I figured you'd find that interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. After we finish talking, I'll, I'll have to Google that and have a look. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to this uh, this uh, episode. Um, the episode of the show I've chosen is the Golden Man um, because. We'll get to it shortly. The Golden Man's true appearance in this, it freaked me the hell out (laughs) when I was little because I don't know what age I was. I was about seven or eight when I saw it. And, oh, my goodness. Even even now when I look at photos of it in in some books, you know, it's like that is a bit much (laughs) for Lost in Space. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and have a clip and then we'll talk about it. So let's have a clip. I don't wish to pry, but couldn't you defeat your enemy with his hyperatomic cannon? Perhaps I had best explain, Dr. Smith. You see, my opponent and I are evenly matched in military strength. For every offensive weapon I possess, he has a deterrent. The same situation applies to myself. I see. And that's why you wanted arms from us. The alien has no defense against them. Exactly. Then our success is assured. Thanks to you, sir. Oh, my dear Mr. Kima, I'm delighted to have been of service after all. What good is life if one cannot offer the hand of friendship? Ah, yes. The hand of friendship. Ah, yes. The hand. We're firmly in the middle of the high camp in the second <laughs> season here, and uh, this episode it starts where Penny and the Doctor they've discovered a really rather rubbish spaceship. Um, this is the thing that always used to 
kind of like entice you in when you're a child is every episode the story would finish and then you'd have a little tacked on bit like two minutes at the very end which is a cliffhanger for the next one to make actually make you come back you know and and yeah and, yeah, and the comeback for this was this yeah it's just an terrible design spaceship <laughs> with a big bubble canopy and there's an unseen surly person inside you don't know who it is and he, he kind of like just tells them to go away yeah he's like go and then then dr smith gets all uppity we yeah. were trying to be very nice and and cordial and you're toss, tossing us away yeah he's such a coward but yeah yeah if, if there's bad manners or anything like that he does he gets all uppity <laughs> yeah. doesn't he um but that night another spaceship lands and you do find who is in that one and it's a guy by the name of Kima who's all gold and handsome and charming and he's got a nifty gold skull cap on and he is the golden man yes and because he's charming and he's handsome of course dr smith is is taken in by all this um and he he likes him an awful lot um but kima says he's there to fight a war with the other alien which is called a zedam um and it's not a war between planets it's it's a war between the two leaders. So he's the leader of one planet and this Seedam is the leader of the other. And basically they slog it out and then whoever wins, that is the victory in the war. Um, and he also says that the Zedams are mean and dangerous and not to be trusted. <laughs> we have to keep telling ourselves and our listeners that are listening right now that this is a children's show. <laughs> it's, not, yes. it's, it's not subtle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's 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 very little subtext. Uh, yes, in this yeah, one. yeah, yes. yeah. You're you're hit over the head, quite <laughs> quite clumsily by everything in this. Right later on, Penny she goes to the ship and she befriends the Zedam, um, and he comes out and he's a guy. He looks he looks like he's got a paper mache frog head on. Yes, I I for some reason when I saw that I remember thinking to myself. I mean, I made things like that in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is very rudimentary, isn't it? Um, yes. It, there's no movement. The, the guy's nattering away and his mouth doesn't move. The eyes don't move. The eyelids don't blink. It is a paper mache, you know, like carnival head, isn't it? It, it re- Yeah, it really is. And, and when you see him and he's trying to converse with him, and and they and, and unfortunately I'm looking here on IMDb and they the whoever played him is uncredited mm. so we don't we don't know who who was in the costume but that guy's trying his best to turn the head to make it look <laughs> like it's talking to the person it's supposed to be talking to but yeah you know A for effort you know D for delivery it's 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 pretty it's it's pretty pathetic uh, when you when you when he's actually when you see the final product. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not surprised he's uncredited. You wouldn't want this on your CD, really, <laughs> yeah. would you? It's like, but, uh, credit me as Alan Smithy, please. Yes. yes. <laughs> the thing is, the way that he's doing that and the, his gestures and his mannerisms, again, reminds me of HR Puff and stuff, because in that yeah. you've, got, you've got people in, in robes with, you know, a funny head. Um, and, and it's very similar indeed. And but he, uh, the difference between this and HR Puff and stuff is, and and and, and I, maybe I'm misremembering this this episode here, uh, but they would they would to make up for the lack of, we'll say articulation in the face, the mag, the lack of facial, whatever, they would move their arms and hands a little bit, but he doesn't even really do that because he's a lot most time he's holding a gun, yeah, a, yeah, um, a very silly gun as well. <laughs> So he, 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 this this character is difficult to emote, even in that rudimentary way of just using your hands because he's holding a weapon. Yeah, you say about hands there. Looking at those hands, they look an awful lot like me. Uh, to to me, like uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Hands. Yeah, like the Rico Browning. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, those sort of gloves, I guess. And and you know what? They they, they it might be from the same costume. They were just. Went to uh, I the, don't the know. costume thing. I don't know. We've, right, we've recently done a Creature from the Black Lagoon episode, and I'm sure if, if a pair of his hands turned up in Lost in Space, that would have been plastered all over the Wikipedias <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah. But no, I, I mean, if they're not, they are not close. They yeah. really are. So there he is. There, 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 there's this Dam who, uh, yes, 
in uh he calls himself repulsive and ugly and um of course dr smith doesn't like him um but <laughs> mr Kima, the golden man he offers smith uh passage to earth if he'll bring the jupiter 2's weapons to him because um we find out later on that each spaceship whatever weapons you've got the other spaceship has got a counter weapon for and so um Kima needs a, a, a brand new weapon bring in something from outside because then he can destroy this ZDAM you see right so that's that um but then oh dear he he traps Judy in a minefield <laughs> uh, which now I I don't know what the budget was for Lost in Space but this minefield being basically beach balls um <laughs> could, couldn't they have just painted them or something you know they are proper 1960s beach balls you know they you know what their the budget <laughs> the budget was probably they would send everybody home hey look through your kids closet see if you can find some beach balls and bring them back tomorrow that's probably what the budget was they, am- they had they had zero budget I am sure, you know, during the production of this season, you know, they they know that, you know, that, that they're going for the campy side of it. They yeah. know it's primarily aimed at children. So what the heck? We need some mines. Let's get some beach balls. You know, yeah. who's going to complain? You know, so. But uh, Kima, yeah, he, he puts this minefield up to trap Judy, and then Fane's rescuing her to get the humans on his side. Um. Smith gives him the weapons and this is uh, when we see him for who he really is. And this, as I say, is the reason I, I've picked this episode uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Smith is in his cave, is in Kima's cave and he's given him the, the weapons. And yeah. we, we realized before Smith that this guy isn't what he says he is because a hand comes in, his hand comes in and touches Smith on the shoulder and it's a hand that looks like it's made of, I don't know, orange and red seaweed. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, you get the, um, the building panic in Smith. Smith turns round and we see the face. Now, as I say, th- th- this freaked me out when I was little. And I still, I still don't understand, you know, what is the rationing, right, the, the rationale behind this? Because he's hideous. He really is. Yeah. Why would he? Why would he reveal himself that way? If he's already got the trust, there's no, there's no reason to reveal him. That is a very man. good point. That, that that is a very good point. He didn't need to do it, but the design of this—it's this huge head. It covered in—he's got the lopsided eyes, hasn't he? Yeah. He's he's covered in this like dripping stuff. I don't know what on earth on earth that's meant to be. Um, <laughs> again, there's no mouth movement whatsoever from him. Yeah. Uh, you've still got the bobbing head around bit to uh, convey some sort of, you know, uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, and, we just want to let you know that there is that this thing is alive. So they it yeah. moves a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is a strange design for this show. This is quite, it, it, I don't know. It's quite scary for, you know, what is basically a children's show. I can, for, in, to to put yourself in the mindset of a of a of a child, the what year did this come out? This was nineteen sixty six, sixty seven. This for for a little kid, I mean, because this this show was probably made for kids nine. I would say nine to fourteen. Mm. Uh, this would be uh, that that this would be terror to mm. to them. Um, yeah, but, but I think I think for children of that time, because I've shown Lost in Space, I've, 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 every DVD I've got, you know, of, of TV shows, you know, that I love when I was little, I've shown to our three children and mm-hmm. they really don't like Lost in Space. They just find it very silly and very boring. And I think it's because <laughs> we're now in a world now where they are surrounded by, you know, decent, high quality science fiction dramas in film and television. Yeah. Uh, your expectation is very high, whereas back then in the 60s, the reason I was watching it is you would grab anything that was fantasy. You would just grab and latch onto it because that's all there mm-hmm. was, you see. <clears throat> so I think children's expectations now um, are a lot higher, although I still find it rather an unsettling design. Yeah. yeah. It basically, this looks like Hamburger Helper. 
Uh, yeah. the, the sky. <laughs> right, so Smith does a runner. He, he tries to warn the frogman, and, and the war starts. And let it, me let me just talk about Smith running out. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, the guy who plays Doctor Smith is not um, a young man. No, but his his run out is super slow. He's <laughs> he, <laughs> It's he just kind of has it's 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 not a run out of terror. It's just it's such a weird run. It takes him like nine minutes to get out of the cave. It's so funny. It's it is a strange performance. I mean, he obviously he became a superstar. Jonathan Harris is the guy. Yeah, he became a superstar off the back of this show, you know. And um, yeah, I, I I think he just did whatever he wanted to do because they, <laughs> they they can't tell him otherwise because you know he he's he and the robot were the reason yeah. people were tuning in each week you know and i think he 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 knew that you know right so anyway he goes back to to warn the frogman and the war starts um which because it's lost in space is just some sparkly type fireworks <laughs> and and the appearance of fairy light barbed wire i don't i don't know the significance of that it's, I mean, the, the, the battle is kind of high drama. You get the close up of the gun shooting off, and yeah, yeah and then yeah, the yeah, the Christmas light barbed wire is <laughs> it's like what is what is this? Is this is this Santa's workshop? Is yeah. yeah. Oh, I wonder. And then looking at the set, it looks it looks like that set was like built for like a war movie, like. You know, Baton was 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 filming, and they're like, "Can we use this on a Sunday when you're not yeah, filming?" Could be. Like, yeah, could be. <laughs> um, Frog gets injured. He he wanders out from his uh, spaceship and collapses. And um, uh, the Golden Man turns up and uh, throws like a grenade or something. And Smith doing his very campy, uh, you know, reactions and throws it back and manages to blow him up. Now. Um, after that, the the frog turns out he's not too badly hurt, and he's he's just about to to leave them, and he turns into a human form uh, before leaving. So Pe- Penny would remember him fondly. <laughs> now this that in any other show, okay, this whole premise could be a metaphor for bigotry or prejudice or whatever. You mustn't take somebody at face value, okay. And in this case, the ugly creature. Uh, that, that this one that you considered ugly is actually quite a noble being, okay, but which is fine. But then for him at the very end to turn into a human, so oh, you'll remember me well. That kind of blows all that out of the water, doesn't it? Yeah, it, I don't know it. <laughs> why does why why can't it just be? I mean, I don't even I don't even have words for it. <laughs> If he had just stayed as the frog, and he, and you know they that they would have said at the end, well, you can't judge anybody by appearances. You know, just because somebody is very handsome doesn't mean that they are handsome inside. If somebody doesn't look to your perceived idea of nice, that doesn't mean that they're not nice inside. That 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 would have been fine. But to turn into a human at the end just so that she remembers him nicely, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like if yeah, yeah. It, He's he's always, if if he did not turn into a human, she would still remember him. She she would remember she would, him well as well. Yeah, she would she would she would remember him fondly for for what he did and his uh, and his his actions, uh, yeah. not because he's human. It's yeah. uh, I don't know if he if he wants her if if his intention was well, I would like her to be attracted to me as mm. in a romantic fashion. Yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking when I was watching it is like, why at the very end, he goes off in his spaceship and that's it. Oh, by the way, when you see the spaceship take off, the spaceship doesn't look anything like his parked one. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously a bit of stock footage from a previous episode, but he could have taken all the humans back to Earth. Here is an alien with a space going spacecraft. He could have taken them back to Earth, but he doesn't. He just clears off and leaves them still stranded on the planet. Well, that's not right. Yeah, but if, if, <laughs> yeah, but if he had done that, the the show would have been over. The show would be over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that 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 that's the um, the Green Man gone. That's Kima gone. Um, so we're going to behind the scenes now. There is virtually nothing um, 
behind the scenes that I could find about this, other than the fact that the original script called for Kima to turn into a werewolf. Okay. Okay. His his true his true face was like a werewolf, but CBS found that uh, or felt that this would scare children um, watching <laughs> but, the show. So so the, this the, thing, the, the, yeah, the hamburger thing. This thing that looks like a melted toffee apple or whatever, yeah, that's acceptable, but a werewolf isn't, you know. <laughs> so, no. So that's it. That's all I can. I've, I and I believe me, I've searched and searched, and uh, I can't find out who sculpted these heads or anything. Uh, again, they might not want to have that on their CVs anyway. So <laughs> yeah, like, maybe that's the please. reason why. <laughs> they right. they honestly they they probably just went to like a local Pasadena high school and like here or our elementary school kindergarten and said here make these. Could be, could be, yeah. Maybe, maybe Billy Mummy made them or something. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm trying to be a sculptor, everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so that was, I think, yeah, that's the shortest behind the scenes we've ever had on this show. So uh, <laughs> let, let, let's get into the rating, shall we? What do you reckon on it? You know, back then, um, what? Oh, I'm sorry. What was our scale? We go from zero to one is the lowest you can give, and ten okay. is the highest you can give. I think even for back then, this would this would rate as like a three, mm-hmm. even for back then. Um, but it, for today, there'd definitely be like if if, you, if we go negative one, uh, <laughs> yeah, it it does it does not hold up. But for what it is, for it for it being lost of space, for it being a campy, kitschy show, they can get away with this even even by today's standards. So it's difficult to rate this. I would say for 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 the average person, I would give it give it uh, I would give it a one. Uh, but for someone who who likes this sort of campy stuff, probably still a three. Same okay. same same as back in the sixties. So you're going to give it a three? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, like you, um, it, it, it's hard to kind of like you know gauge this. I mean, it's a children's show. Um, so there's that, you know, I've got a nostalgic memory for it and I've got to take that away. Um, and if you do take that away, he's still a pretty creepy face. Mm -hmm. The frog's not, but he is. Um, so I, I was going to give it a five. Okay. Cause that means it's just average. So if you give it a three, I give it a five. That gives it an average of a four. Four. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's, uh, quite low. (laughs) <laughs> for, uh, for this show but we're moving on to our next what is what has been your lowest so far the lowest you... is a one um, Who, and, and what, what was that it was the death of dick jones in robocop you know when he comes out the window <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah, yes I, yeah <laughs> yes uh, yes yeah so so yeah in comparison to dick jones's death yeah the golden man's not too bad is he no Okay. All right. So we're going to move on to our second uh, sequence of today's show. Uh, We're fast forwarding 30 odd years to the movie version of Lost in Space. Now, where were you and what did you think of it when it first came out? Um, I was working at a movie theater and um, this came out in what, 1998. So this is this came out at a time when you had your blockbuster movie season, which was basically late May through mid August, and this came out at a time when they were trying to extend that blockbuster season. They thought if they opened this in April, hmm. they would they they could extend. And now, I mean, uh, we have we have the the summer movie season basically starts at the beginning of April and ends mid August. Still, always ends around mid August for some reason. Um, so this was, this was an April movie release and I I was working at a movie theater and I remember the trailer for it and said, wow, that looks, this looks really cool. This looks like a lot of fun. And seeing the movie back then, I remember saying to myself, wow, this is a load of crap. (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is terrible. But, uh, I recently rewatched it. It's, it was on Netflix. It may still be on Netflix. And I, Remember being in uh, when I watched it. I remember thinking to myself, "This is this movie isn't as it's it's not it's not great by any by any means. It's not even I wouldn't even call it a good movie, but it's not as bad as I remembered it." And 
bringing my mindset back to look at the different types of effects they used in this, I was impressed with some of it. And then in other aspects, I was like, wow, that really, it really dates it. So this is, this is one of those movies where there's a lot of really great technical stuff in it. And there's a lot of really subpar technical stuff in it. Mm. Um, and then the movie itself, you just take it for what it is. And then it kind of falls apart near the end as you're watching it. Yeah. I, I think it's what, um, you were discussing when we were talking on our judge dread episode, which is this period of the mid to late nineties is a time of transition for special effects. So, so you had very early CGI, which we're coming up to still mixed with model work. And in this film, you know, when it's model work, some of it is pretty darn good, I think. Yes. But uh, me, uh, you know, before the film came out, I saw the trailer as well. And, I knew I was going to be let down. I, I knew I was going to be let down because, you know, I had a fondness as a child for the TV show. Um, and But this was also the time where you had a lot of remakes of TV shows mm-hmm. for the big screen. You know you, <laughs> you, you, you know, you had The Saint and you had The Fugitive and you had The Wild Wild West. And, and very often, you know, th- th- they were so far removed from the source material that it kind of seemed pointless to base it on it. And I, I saw the trailers and it's like, but they're not even trying to recreate the look of lost in space yeah. they might be taking the premise but not the look um which okay if that's what you want to do you go and do it and uh, and as i say some of the uh, designs were okay if you think well this isn't lost in space like the jupiter 2 spaceship doesn't look uh, yeah, anything no. like the original but it's still a nice design ship and done pretty well um the robot again doesn't look anything like it but it's not a bad design. It's just that it's meant to be that one, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So I had all that going on, and and I thought, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. I'll watch it for the effects. I mean, a, a, any film with effects in, I'll, I'll watch. Um, and and it was all well and good. While there, as I say, actual miniatures, you know, and and everything's been done, you, you know, old school. But when you got into this new school, which was very very new school, oh dear. You know? Yeah. yeah. Some things like, you know, the the helmets, uh, it's a nifty idea the way that their their, their helmet, helmets all fold up and down and, and in, even mm-hmm. though, you, you, you know, that can't work. I mean, where, where does all this mass go? You know, where where does all this go? Nifty ideas, but yeah, executed rather poorly, some of it. Right, that's my little rant over. Let, let, let's go into <laughs> the clip and, and, and then we'll talk about this, okay? Sure. Don't move. Right, our sequence for the film uh, clip is when they're exploring the derelict ship, you've got uh, uh, Smith, Dad, Penny and Don and the robot um, and they're detecting movement in the hydroponics section. And um, as I say, the robot looks all right. Um, He's fine. I haven't got a problem with him. I haven't got a problem with old Matt. What's his face? Uh, Matt, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc. I don't mind him in it, you know. I um I I don't mind uh, William Hurt. It but but Gary Oldman as as Jonathan Harris, no. You know? <laughs> See, I I I disagree. For some reason, I, I think I think Oldman does a does a great job uh at, at, in parts of this movie. So I I don't know. I disagree. I I think Oldman. Uh, well, again, it's not. This isn't classic Oldman, but it's. It, I did. I did find Oldman to be enjoyable to watch in this movie. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a great fan of Gary Oldman. You know, I think he's a terrific actor. But I think, and he's very good at playing. You know, slime balls, um, which is basically what you know Doctor Smith is. Yes. Um, but I, I think the problem I've got with it is he's trying to do you know, the Jonathan Harris one, not so much, you know, vocally or anything like that, but he's, he's using a lot of the lines that, you know, uh, Dr. Smith had from the TV show. Oh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, word for word to the robot. He, um, you know, the, the two of them in the TV show had this, you know, quite antagonistic uh, relationship where, you know, the robot would take the piss out of him all the time. Yeah. And he he would fire back with all these pithy, you know, one-liners and mm. insults. And and he does it here in this sequence here. He says, unhand me your, you mechanical moron, <laughs> which is what he called the robot a lot in the show. But it doesn't make much. I, I see why they put it in because it's a line from the TV show. But and I guess they felt they had to put it in there. But it doesn't make much sense in this moment because, of course, it's uh, it's Will Robinson that's actually operating the robot by remote control yeah so it doesn't make any sense that smith would call him a mechanical moron because that's not the robot that's that's, Will that's the boy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway yeah so they're in the hydroponic section and oh um matt there he, he points the gun at uh smith and says don't move and um then reaches past and and out it comes now, <laughs> the little, now, little yellow do, monkey. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, okay. Um, what do you remember? What you thought of this when you first saw it? I I, I don't. Um, I, I to 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 say to say one other thing. Um, and then this refers to Star Wars when Jar Jar. When when Phantom Menace came out, they they I remember them saying Jar Jar was the first fully digital character, mm. but this was this was a full year before, and technically, well, I mean, I know it's a it, that technically someone could say that this isn't a character, but I think this is a character. <laughs> I think that this monkey was the first fully interactive digital character, mm. predating Jar Jar. Now, granted, Jar Jar. The 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 look of him was much more convincing as being real, but going going back to 1998 and you know seeing it now, it's obviously it's it's very rudimentary. But back then, that I mean that this was that was top of the line. This this was this was cutting edge technology. So I probably thought, oh, he looks pretty neat. I, I probably wasn't convinced that it was real. I probably in my head was like, that is clearly a digital character. Mm. Um, but I, I don't, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what my exact emotion was when I saw it, or if I thought it was ridiculously stupid, I probably thought it was ridiculously stupid because I was at that age where anything that, that was supposed to be cute and fuzzy and yeah, <laughs> it, I probably was like, Oh, it's dumb, stupid. Everything's yeah. dark and angry. No, I, I, I remember, and I, I thought that, that very thing. It's like, this is crap. This is really crap. I thought it was crap in 98. I still think it's crap now. It's it's terrible. I mean, yes, what you say there, yeah, that's quite an achievement to have a fully realized, you know, CGI character interacting on a live action plate like that. Mm -hmm. But the eye lines don't. I mean, it, it's funny that you should mention Jar Jar. Binks because you know Liam Neeson in Phantom Menace there are moments where he's clearly not looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the eye lines aren't matching up and and it's not matching up here he doesn't it doesn't look like he's actually holding anything no and, yeah it looks like they're, they're he's just moving his hand around pretending he's has a baby crawling on him I think yeah and the um, design it, it's just rubbish it is just so bad yeah I don't it's, know if they were aiming for the toy market, like you say. If, if is this a way to you know sell some blarp, you know plushies or what? Yeah, I don't, and I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember the merchandise for this beyond the the Smith character at the end of the movie. There, there was a there was an action figure that came out for that, mm. but it had a had a, a a doorway on the front so you couldn't see the figure because they didn't right. want to give away the ending they just called it future smith ah I, right i don't remember the 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 little monkey guy i don't remember his toy i don't remember seeing any of that all i remember i mean you had a pretty nifty uh, jupiter 2 model and you had a pretty nifty robot model yeah that's that's the only merchandise that i remember i mean i can't remember was it a flop this film it was not it was not a, a hit i don't think it was a flop i think it was just kind of a minor 
it came out, saw it. The the reviews were were bad. It mm. didn't make a huge amount of money, but I don't I don't think it lost money. No. Um, and uh, so, but it didn't didn't make enough for them to say, hey, let's no. let's continue with this series. Yeah, but th- they keep talking about maybe it coming back on Netflix, don't they? That um, you know, a, a reimagining of the TV show. I, I, I it would be cool. Whenever someone says, "Hey, they're gonna," that we should we should make this for Netflix. It sort of seems like anytime people have ideas for TV shows that the networks don't want to touch, don't mm. want to touch, let's just put it on Netflix or, or Amazon. So I, I, I have a feeling that that we probably won't see another iteration of Lost in Space um, on Netflix but or otherwise. If it does go to Netflix, I mean, net, Netflix seems to equate grim and dark, doesn't it? You know, so if it if it yeah. does come, it will be more adult. You know, uh, again, moving away from the source material type thing, I would have thought. Yes, if it's, uh, yeah, generally, yeah, if 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 it goes straight to, uh, we'll say, we'll say, yeah, straight straight to streaming, yeah, they they they'll they'll make it more that adult. They'll, they'll have yeah. they'll have adult language in it, and yeah, it it, it will say it, it won't be for the nine to fourteen year olds. It'll be for the sixteen and up crowd, right? I guess. Um, th- th- this character that we're talking about, the blarp, um, yeah. are you aware of what that's actually meant to be? What it's the movie equivalent of? No. Are you much of a show? Uh, a I, no, show? I, I would assume that it probably has, there, there probably was something in the show. Yeah, that, there that, was. That, that, that it refers to. Yeah, and you should Google this sometime. Um, yeah. the, the blarp's in it because he was envisioned envisaged as an update for a character from the show called Debbie, the bloop Debbie, the bloop. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick search image on. search on Debbie, the bloop. You might have to put in lost in space, Debbie, the bloop, but Debbie, the bloop should do it. Okay. Let's see. Debbie, the bloop. I got to stand by to have your eyeballs. eyeballs <laughs> Debbie, the bloop lost in space. Here we go. Okay. Images. Ah, <laughs> yep that that is debbie the bloop which is an alien that penny discovers on the planet and uh yeah (laughs) it's just a chimp with a weird thing on its head with a fake head uh, yeah fake forehead yes that is debbie the bloop played by judy the chimpanzee ah yeah that was the tv show's uh resident alien well, There's not much more you can say about that. Is there? I mean, honestly, like, what? I mean, honestly, <laughs> what, what can what 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 were, what were kids thinking back then? I don't know. I I think we're back to the beach ball mentality. That will do for this kids show. You know, stick yeah. this bit of clay on top of a chimpanzee. That's our alien, you know, <laughs> and maybe, you know, you know, the blarp here, maybe they think, well, whatever we come up with, it can't be as bad as a real chimpanzee with a bit of clay on its head. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> right. So behind the scenes on this again, um, very, very little. Um, as I say, he, he was meant to be, you know, an update of, uh, Debbie the Bloop, and originally it was going to be an, an animatronic puppet, which probably okay. would have been, the probably would have been more uh, convincing. Yeah, in especially the end. yeah, especially as I think it was the Jim Henson company that were actually yeah. going to be doing it. So yeah, that I, I wouldn't have minded that so much if that had happened. If you had had like some sort of a rod puppet affair, a, a labyrinth type, you know, the goblin type creature like that operated from underneath that would have been done more uh, um, convincing than what we did get but uh, I mean put well let's put ourselves back into 1997 when this movie mm-hmm. was being filmed this or 1996 97 when it was conceived and filmed mm-hmm. everything was about digital every like even the music in this it was all it was all electronic mm-hmm. digital music uh, everything. So for them to promote this as a CGI experience, CGI event film, you know, look mm-hmm. at all these environments we created with a computer. 
Um, I can I can see why they would why they would want to go with a digital character, even though it didn't. It didn't. It it, it doesn't hold up. We'll we'll, no, we'll just say it right now. It doesn't hold up. But back then, a lot of kids I saw they probably didn't notice it. And, and as I said, I probably, I probably didn't really care one way or another. I probably was when I saw it. I was probably like, oh, okay, well, there's that thing. I can tell it's mm. it's it's obviously CGI. But I think if I think if it had been a puppet, I think at the time people would have really ripped it. And do you think? I, I do. I think. I think. I think. I think. At that time, depending on depending on the on, on how they executed it, it's it's possible. But at that time, they were audiences were sort of pulling away hmm. from the uh, the traditional. Yeah, they 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 wanted to go this new route. And the studios were putting out movies that they thought would appeal to that. And it wasn't hmm. until like after you know, a couple of the, the Star Wars movies that there really was that sort of backlash saying, Hey, let's go back to the real stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, think I, also, I, I, I was going to say, do you think also what's fueling them in this is, you know, Jurassic park, you know, digital, all right, you know, smash it using digital. We can do that sort of thing, that sort of thinking as well. I think so. I think, I yeah. think Jurassic park opened the door for a lot of things. Um, and and it, it, it expectations. So and for for movie magazines, I, I would I would be curious to go back and pick up a copy of like Cinefix or you know Empire Magazine or you know Total Film. Yeah. And read what they had to say about this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's at that idea. time, because that, that I think I think that would I think that would give you a better idea of of how. Uh, critics, at least, uh, or I mean, Empire and Total Film are are both they're written from a critic perspective, but also written from a fan perspective. Mm. So I, I would be curious to read what they would have to say about this film at the time of its release, because I have a feeling they probably would have applauded some of the effects. They probably would have called it an effect achievement. I would think. Yeah, yeah. For a lot again, and but we've we've come so far from them from that over the past twenty years that it really looks very clunky now. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not just that. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole digital uh, effects advance so quickly. You don't even have to say 20 years. I mean, this is 1998. Only three years later did you have Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Um, um, and with Gollum. So only three years later you had Gollum after this thing. You know, so, <laughs> which um, is quite, quite quite incredible. And and honestly, they, they probably started filming that Lord of the Rings, maybe a year after this. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it it is crazy to think how fast that technology came. And in in this movie, there are some some brilliant moments. I think when the ship is taking off, I yes. think that's a, I think there's parts of that that are that are practical, or I should say, models. But some of that is 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 really spectacular. Yeah, it is, and also the crashing. That that that's an actual model as well. Yeah. You see? and that's what I'm saying. This is this is a film where you've got you, you know old school uh, mm-hmm. special effects mixing with the the new kids on the block, and <laughs> uh, yeah, the the difference between the two is really quite jarring in this film. Um, yeah, and yeah, and, and and yeah, when you when you look back on it, yeah, the 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 more classic effects hold up better. Yeah, uh, in general. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, this this is this is a difficult film to to judge the effects as a whole because there, as I said, there are some some brilliant yeah. sequences in this film, um, and and, yeah, and I, I do th- I think the set design is nice. I, I understand where they were going with it. And while it wasn't it wasn't uh, a, a real homage, uh, but they they were they were trying to make it so that it would appeal to a late '90s crowd, I guess. Mm. Or what yeah. they thought the late '90s crowd wanted. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're not rating <laughs> the, any of those effects today. It's it's this effect. It's the blarp here on his first reveal. So, what would you give this one then? There are again, there are worse effects out there. Uh, I would probably, I would probably put this at a five. Honestly, um, I, I would, I would, I. I I think I think it's it still kind of works 
on a certain level, but again, it's it is very dated. It does look like you you could see a, a second year uh, digital animation st- uh, student doing work on this level at this point, a sophomore in college doing level on this work. He, I mean, you could probably find kids in high school that are doing level on this work that have never had any anima- f- official animation training. So, but uh, but so I, I would give it a five. I think a five is okay. is the number I would give it. I I think looking at it again, it looks like one of these like previs things, you know, where you yeah. do a, a an animated storyboard. It's just it's just not finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say about you know maybe they started making Fellowship of the Ring, you know, about a year after this film come out. I bet you any money you like that the people that are working on Gollum they were told don't make it look like that, you know. Well, um, I think uh, uh, with with this monkey. One of the things is, and, and, and when you mentioned previs, this made me think of this. This monkey is like baby smooth. There's no mm. texture to it. No. Um, and so I think that had a lot to do now with our eyes looking at it now of why it didn't work and why it does look like a, like a previs or an un, or an incomplete uh, mm. product. Yeah. I'm nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near as generous as you in my rating, Tim. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it a one because I think it's terrible. Just just terrible. Um, okay. So I'm only giving it a one. <laughs> so that gives it an average of three. Okay. Wow. Which I'm actually, I thought, I, I thought it would be lower than that. I didn't think you were going to go as high as a five. So I'm surprised that uh, the blarp has got a three. <laughs> but there you go. I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, I don't, I don't hold any uh, nostalgia for this film. But yeah, the, the character there, and there are, there are some moments where with her and uh, with the character and Penny. Where it works a little bit, not necessarily, not necessarily in that first scene, but there are a few few times in the movie where it works. Um, I, I, and we didn't even mention those weird spider things. Those things are crap from the from the start. Uh, those 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 would probably get a, like a two if I had to rate those guys. All right. Okay. Well, that's it. That's it for today, there, Tim. Thank you very much for your uh, time today. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody out there. Go to Facebook. We'll put up photos not only of the blarp, but also uh, Judy the chimpanzee. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can you can see it in all its glory. Okay. Thank you, everybody, and see you next time.